Hey folks, thanks for listening to our next episode of Councilcast, episode 8 today. Uh, as always, your two favorite uh, favorite, favorite therapists to the, to the fictional stars. Uh, I've got Brandon here and, and Katie. And Katie, yep, just uh, just like always, we're uh, just reliable, reliable fun and comics and psychology, everything you could ever want to have a podcast. So, our our eighth episode today of Councilcast today what what we're going to be talking about is the Killing Joke. Uh, just maybe a little bit about the graphic novel, a little about the movie, which we were both lucky enough to see um, earlier this week for an exclusive. Uh, one night viewing and uh, and yeah I think we both have some thoughts about that but I think we're gonna start off with a, a new little segment we just uh, thought maybe we'd start off every episode talking a little bit about some of the current events of the week and uh, and there's some pretty some pretty cool current events this last week uh, in the world of comics um, more specifically in the form of San Diego comic-con there's some pretty cool stuff that came out there uh, Maybe, Katie, I know there is a trailer for a character I know you're pretty fond of. Do you have any thoughts about the Wonder Woman trailer? Yeah, I have to say that I watched a few of the trailers that came out of San Diego Comic-Con, and I think it's cool that so many things are broadcast. So even if you're not there, I mean, mm-hmm. it's better to be there. But if you're not there, it's really nice to be able to get some idea of the things that are going on. And so seeing the Wonder Woman trailer, I was just amazed. I was taken back. It was so beautiful and the spirit of Wonder Woman as I as I perceive her was really wonderfully captured. I thought they did such a nice job and I, I'm just thrilled to see it. I can't believe I have to wait until June to do that. <laughs> so that's a little bit that's hard for me. But I think that I've watched it not exaggerating, you know, ten plus times mm-hmm. because I just it's just breathtaking to look at and I thought I felt kind of weird having that reaction to a YouTube video. Sure. But then I watched. They had a wonderful panel at Comic Con for the 75th anniversary of Wonder Woman because her character has been around for 75 years. And they put the whole thing on YouTube. And hearing them, it was so. It was Jim Lee mm-hmm. and um, and it was um, Gal Gadot or Gadot. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Yep. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. I'm not either. Um, Hopefully she'll call in. Let us know. Please correct me. I want to get this right. It's important to me. And um, Patty Jenkins, and I don't want to get it wrong, so (laughs) I won't say anyone else's name. But anyway, they had a number of people involved with Wonder Woman in different ways. And hearing them talk about Wonder Woman, it was just clear that they felt as strongly about what she represents being so powerful and Mm -hmm. maybe particularly meaningful and times when it feels like there are a lot of crises going on in the world and having someone that's filled with empathy, a sense of justice, strength, and compassion is really particularly meaningful. So that was all cool. In addition, all the stuff like the colors and her mm-hmm. costume Beautiful. and her um, wielding her sword and her her glowing lasso. I mean, it was just so... I think it's clear at this point that I'm very excited about it, and oh, I can't absolutely. wait to see more. Can I ask what's your favorite part of the trailer, if you have one? Sure. I mean, the whole thing, of course, is absolutely wonderful, but is there one part that stood out to you at all? That is a great question. Um, I, You know, I like how they start this, the opening scene right away with Steve Trevor mm-hmm. and her asking if he's a man, and their interactions, I think, are great. He's a wonderful character. I recently read Liam Sharp, who's drawing for DC Rebirth Wonder Woman right now, and um, some have claimed as one of the 
the best rebirth in terms of artwork and visually appealing and all that stuff. I don't know if I'll make that claim, but some have claimed that. Anyway, he was saying for that story, he's had to really dig in more deep to that character, and what he really likes about it is that he is not threatened at all by Diana's power, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have a fragile sense about it. He's not, he, he is an example, he's not the kind of guy that would let her win in arm wrestling, even though he would clearly lose. But even if right. he would win, he wouldn't let her do that because he just wants her to be who she is. And so I think they actually capture that aspect of the relationship in a very short period of time. They have um, nice back and forth and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think seeing more about their relationship, and then they have, at the end, um, Etta Candy appearing, and, mm-hmm. and she's a fun character. I really like her representation in the Legend of Wonder Woman series by Renee DeLiz, and so that looks good, too. So, as you can tell, it's hard for me to pick a favorite part. Oh, it all just looks amazing. And then, after that, watching the panel where they were talking about it, she Gal Gadot, or Gadot, mm-hmm. I'll just keep saying both ways until she calls and corrects me, um, said that she felt, she said, she's not a spiritual person, but there felt like there was something higher level going on while they were making the movie, that there was something about this time and the team that they put together that was, frankly, magical and kind Mm -hmm. of transcendent about it, and I think it shows in the trailer, so um, I'm pretty excited, I'd say, in summary. (laughs) Absolutely, no, that that sounds great. It, It is an awesome trailer. I've watched it quite a few times myself. I'm noticing you've got it up on your laptop right now. 18 and a half million views. <laughs> That's pretty amazing uh, for any trailer. And it a, a week ago did they put these out? Yeah, less than um, maybe less even. than that. This is the 23rd. Oh, so five it came days out. ago. Yeah, so um, it's pretty rapid. I'm responsible for only 17 of the 18 million views. <laughs> so I think other people have watched it. Other too, people have too. It's nice that it's had some reach. I just I think that there's something about Wonder Woman, and, and frankly, I think it would be easy to get it wrong, because mm-hmm. people have such high expectations Absolutely. for it, but I have heard universally positive reviews, other than a few stray internet commenters. Well, as per <laughs> our last, uh, our episode where we went in search of internet commenters, you, you can't always trust them. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a couple of naysayers. Well, that's great. Uh, absolutely a beautiful trailer. If folks haven't seen it, I mean, what are you doing? Pause this right now and go and watch it. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, another big DC a trailer, um, kind of. It was more more so it seemed like a collection of footage um, that they kind of put together. Uh, but I guess it is being called a trailer for the Justice League. Um, boy, th- this was a little a little too exciting for me. Uh, we have Aquaman, so he, of course, introduced in Batman vs. Superman, but just very briefly, no dialogue, anything like that. It was so awesome to see the interaction between Bruce Wayne and, uh, and Arthur, Arthur Crete. Uh, I, I did like that part quite a bit. Um, also, I, I'm really, I don't know about you, Katie, what do you feel about the back and forth between Wonder Woman and Batman in these films? I, I think they've got that right. It, it's a fun back and forth they have there, and I thought they captured it really well in the trailer. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that you get the sense that they're equals. Oh yeah, for sure, and um, and friendly and collaborative, mm-hmm. but also uh, realistic about things. And so I thought I thought that was great, especially I think in Batman versus Superman, they have that one scene where you know it's like I've met women like you, and she's mm-hmm. like, I don't think you've met any women like me. And so I think that that kind of set the stage from at least what little we've seen in the trailer 
for that continued kind of communication. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's kind of a nice counterpart to Batman, yep. who you know I adore. Mm -hmm. um, not as much as you. That much is clear. <laughs> You're the number one fan. I, in the world. <laughs> in the world. I, I think that is objectively true. But um, they're, they complement each other because I, I think that they come from to the world with different perspectives mm -hmm. and certainly with complementing strengths. So it's exciting to see them work together to compile Absolutely. a team. Um, to keep going in the trailer... Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the the Flash Cave. I'm not sure that's actually what it's called, <laughs> but that's what I like to think it's called. And there was a few little Easter eggs in there. I don't know if you caught them or read about them at all, but if you look at a few of his monitors, there's a Suicide Squad reference in there, and there's actually one of his monitors is actually showing uh, the TV show Rick and Morty, oh, uh, and, I which is one that. of my favorite TV shows. So it was, it was a fun little call-out for something I enjoy, seeing that maybe the Flash has similar interests. And then also it, one of them shows a, like a 3D-printed flash suit too which is pretty cool um i also really thought this was a fun interaction between between uh, bruce wayne and uh and barry allen and just i'm i'm excited to see because i know there's been a lot of people who are disappointed that the flash is recast from the tv version um but i'm excited to see where they go with this one it seems really cool uh the trailer visually was really stunning and which is pretty amazing given that it's still like you know in production it, it hasn't gone through the post-production uh sort of visual effects stuff yet um the music is awesome uh you can tell they really captured some of the tone i know there's some i love batman or superman and and mm -hmm. i will forever uh if but you I, haven't listened to our very first podcast yet you can hear how oh, much yeah, we love it absolutely. in explicit detail because we really and and actually maybe we'll revisit this sometime in a podcast um we've both now viewed the ultimate edition yep some of us multiple times. Yep. And uh, I thought it made it even better. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. But, so. Yeah, you were saying. But uh, and I don't know if you heard this, but the, while they were filming the Justice League, uh, they invited some of the biggest critics of Batman vs Superman out and just said, "Here, take a look. We we heard some of your criticisms." And from what I understand, they walked away saying, "Yeah, this is going to be pretty awesome." So that makes me really excited. Uh, I, I mean, I love like I said, I love Batman vs Superman anyway, but I'm so excited for the Justice League and. Uh, you know, the only real complaint I have is that I have to wait so, so terribly long to it's see it. It's not right. And it's a two-parter, and I oh, just, yeah. it's, it's like a Star Wars all over again. I it just, is. I don't know how it's, I'm going to make it. It doesn't feel good, no. that's for sure. <laughs> so so that's all just awesome. If you haven't seen the trailers, go watch them right this second. I think we'll uh, link to them. Just Absolutely, They're yeah. very easy to find, but just to <laughs> yeah. make it slightly easier. To make it that easier. much easier, just move your mouse pointer down <laughs> a little bit and click and enjoy uh you're gonna love it it's so good mm -hmm. i'm noticing here uh just about 13 million views for justice league so wonder mm -hmm. woman is is just a so a highly viewed trailer and it's gonna be such an awesome movie i'm so excited for, for both of these films and you know ultimately i think what i'm really excited for is uh is just to forget about the marvel universe <laughs> just get it out of here it's it's dc's time and uh, and uh, I know I'm an unabashed <laughs> DC fan, and and I'm probably alienating a lot of people right now, but I can't I can't stop myself. Well, I'm excited to see Suicide Squad and see yes. how that goes, you know, and and see how people receive that one. I mean, it seems like people like it, but you never yeah, know. Absolutely. Yeah. So. No, I agree though. Having having um, the Justice League as a counterpart to the Avengers, it, it will be very interesting absolutely. to see how people like it. So. Current events, you've got it. You you heard it here first. <laughs> um, maybe not, but but hopefully. So, 
Killing Joke. Killing Joke, Killing Joke. So the Killing Joke, um, just to kind of give folks a little background on the graphic novel, maybe you're not terribly familiar with it. It was written in 1988 by Alan Moore. He's also the author of uh, V for Vendetta, Watchmen, and The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So just to give you an idea of some of his work. Um, and it was kind of written to be sort of this Joker origin story, kind of uh, this piece to show that Batman and Joker are kind of complementary forces in the world and, and kind of they're going to have this penultimate showdown, basically, and just Batman's trying to, you know, approach Joker and, and see what's going to happen with this. It, it's an interesting story, um, and uh, it and not not terribly well received. It's kind of, so it's kind of a weird one in that it's a classic, but also kind of criticized and controversial. So even Al Moore has come out uh, and he has a few quotes from a few quite a few years back where he kind of said. Yeah, it's not a very interesting story. It's, you know, um, he directly says, I don't think it's a very good book, and uh, and just kind of acknowledges that a big part of it is that Barbara Gordon or, or Batgirl is used as just kind of a plot device, uh, both in the graphic novel and, and we'll talk about this in a little bit here, subsequently in the movie. Um, any thoughts about that, Katie? I mean, what's your understanding of kind of how Batgirl is used? And as a Batgirl fan, I, and I know you, you really are interested in the character, and, and I am too, um, but just kind of what are your thoughts about, about the graphic novel and, and how they use Batgirl in that or how she was depicted? So I'm going to be 100% honest here. So I borrowed The Killing Joke and I read it, and I, I really liked some aspects of mm -hmm. it. I thought that some of the depictions, I so one of the things I know people really like about it is that it gave some sense of sympathy to the Joker, and that's not mm -hmm. always true, and some sense of a why did he turn out this way. Whether or not that's convincing or not, I don't know, but people, including psychologists, like to know how did someone end up being yeah. that way. And so I think that's what's appealing about it. But my admission is that I, upon initial reading, didn't fully understand the context for why people were so upset mm -hmm. about Barbara Gordon. And, I mean, I, I I didn't like what happened. It was very hard for me mm -hmm. to read that. Also, spoilers if you haven't read oh, this yes. or seen the movie. Absolutely. Don't listen anymore. But it, the Joker um, shoots her, paralyzing her. And then on top of that, new to the character from what I understand, um, undresses her and takes pictures of her, basically an attempt to make her father, Commissioner Gordon, see that anyone is one step away from quote-unquote insanity. And that's all you really get to know about the character from the comic book. And in a time when there weren't a ton, and still maybe as many women superheroes, to do that to one of them, and, and Gail Simone um, wrote something that's kind of classic now um, called Women in Refrigerators that documents all the horrible things that happened to women in comics. And that's fortunately influenced a lot of current writers I can understand how hurtful that would be to see someone who, you know, one of the great female superheroes that people look up to treated that way and kind of cast aside as a plot device to deepen the characters of the Joker and Batman. So I got why people were upset about that. Um, in contrast, when I heard that the movie was going to add more about her as mm -hmm. a person, I was really excited because I was like, that. this is a chance for people to learn more about Barbara Gordon and really develop her and, and reclaim some of her agency, which I think actually was, not to jump ahead, but what mm -hmm. has been done in subsequent 
comics since mm-hmm. that one came out. Yeah, absolutely. But that was my impression. I don't know what did what did you think nope. initially reading the I, comic? Um, so I remember that was I read that comic a long time ago. It, it was maybe one of the like first graphic novels that I read, and my impression. I mean, and this is a little off topic, but it is so dark, uh, mm-hmm. and that was, I mean, it's just a really dark story to begin with, and I think adding adding this depiction of Barbara Gordon certainly adds a, an extra le- level of darkness, and uh, and I can, I, I, it makes total sense to me why people are uncomfortable with it, and, and it is interesting, you know, the, the decision to, to cripple one of the, you know, most popular at the time, maybe, and still presently, uh, and, and one of the few uh, female superheroes. Um, so yeah, I, I, it makes a lot of sense to me why people were uncomfortable with that, and especially given some of the uh, controversy around, you know, when Alan Moore, you know, went to, and asked, you know, his supervisor at DC, you know, were, was he able to cripple Barbara Gordon? The response, I don't know if people are familiar with it. It wasn't, it wasn't very nice. Basically, they, the way they responded was, yeah, just. I, I'm, I'm not going to say it directly, I, but it wasn't very nice. They just said, yeah, go ahead and do it. Triple that um, derogatory term towards women. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I mean, that's kind of interesting. And it's almost, it's kind of interesting as well because it's, it was almost paralleled uh, in a recent, in the San Diego Comic-Con panel about the Killing Joke movie. So now transitioning toward, to the movie here, um, they uh, there was a reporter there who asked, you know, well, maybe it'll make more sense to talk a little bit about the additions before I jump into this part. But I thought, and correct me if you're wrong, the parts of the graphic novel that were covered in the movie, you know, kind of that second half, mm-hmm. uh, co- co- covered it pretty well. And it, and actually, I thought it was kind of cool. They co- they captured a lot of frames from the comic, which I thought was pretty cool. And I thought it, that part of the movie really covered the movie The Killing Joke well. Did, did, did you find that as well, Katie? Yeah, you know, it was interesting... Um, just looking at the main components of it, I think that we're both huge Mark Hamill fans. Yes, and he oh, absolutely. is unbelievable. And it, seeing the movie, one of the highlights to me to seeing it was before the movie and mm-hmm. after the movie, they do some documentary style, heavily Mark Hamill focused, though not yep. exclusively, about his interest in the character, how shocked he was that he was cast, you know, coming from Luke Skywalker, who's kind of the opposite of the Joker, yep. maybe, that, you know, and, um, and so that, he was very good mm-hmm. as a very, very evil person, and I think that, um, which maybe isn't a very, he, he shows someone who, who takes evil actions, I should say, and I think that, not Mark Hamill, of course, mm-hmm. he's a great guy, Yeah, to my knowledge, he seems great, anyway, um, I thought that they did well with that, and I think that the, I have more of a, acceptance of that if there's some awareness that what he's doing is not right Mm -hmm. at those extreme levels and i think that's maybe what many people reacted to the film didn't like is that it didn't seem like an understanding of just how wrong it was what he did to Mm -hmm. batgirl and i think one thing that kind of helped me to to frame it too when i first read it was thinking about like would they do that to batman or superman Mm -hmm or one of many other beloved male superheroes, and would people tolerate that kind of thing? And so, so anyway, I, I guess I, I veered off topic mm-hmm. again, but yeah, there were some parts, I, I guess one of the parts that they really talked about was taking the song that the Joker sings mm-hmm. in the comic, making it actually kind of like a Broadway musical yep. song, and I thought, you know, that was well done, and I also thought there were some compassionate moments. My One of my favorite scenes in the graphic novel was when Batman... It's comforting 
Commissioner Gordon and just says, let it come. Like, don't try to suppress your emotions. Just feel your feelings. And so mm -hmm. that was nice to see on the big screen. Mm -hmm. I thought that was very well done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree. Controversial or otherwise, I thought that part of the film captured the graphic novel for what it was. Mm -hmm. So then we get into a little bit more murky water, in my opinion, which was kind of the first... Uh, what would you say, 30 minutes to 40 minutes maybe? It was, it was a fairly sizable part of the movie where basically they, uh, you know, the graphic novels only have so much substance, uh, so they had to add some story. And so ahead of time when, you know, we heard about the movie, we saw that this was going to happen. And, and what I was led to believe was that they were going to add some of the story to kind of show Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. Um, and not just being Barbara Gordon in the story and where she, you know, we never get to see her as Batgirl in the graphic novel. I don't think. No, no. Yeah. So we got to see her as Batgirl, and, and so I was quite excited about that. Um, but things took a little bit of a turn for the for the the weird, I would say, is, is <laughs> yeah. a light way of putting it. Yeah, that's a nice way to uh, Quickly summarized, mm -hmm. um, they depict Batman, Batgirl, uh, as being partners, but maybe not on equal terms, certainly partners, but Batman still as being more of a mentor to Batgirl. Uh, which is the traditional relationship that mm -hmm. that we're all familiar with in the comics. And parental, even. And I mean, parental, I mean, even. even the creators of the film we're talking about, you know, he's um, telling her what she's allowed to do and yep. what she's not allowed to do in terms of participating in the crime they're fighting. Absolutely, and I think that's really consistent with the Batman character, uh, where he, you know, he has these sidekicks, partners, for whatever term, uh, but he does, he is protective of them, and, and he doesn't want anyone to get hurt because they're being part of his war on crime. Where things got off the rails, though, was when we... So they were kind of hinting at it, but I think I missed it. But thinking back on it, they were hinting at Batgirl kind of pining over Batman a little bit. And I, I didn't recognize this, I don't think, when it was happening. I thought she was just, like, getting caught up in, like, this mission. But I think it was, like, almost like a romantic thing. And then, uh, you know, there's this villain who's kind of calling her out directly. Batman throws her off the case, says that, you know, this villain's objectifying her. And then, uh, and then this leads to a disagreement between the two of them. They start fighting physically. Uh, and then it's, and this is going to maybe sound like a weird transition, but this is how it goes. They're fighting physically, and then they sleep together. Mm -hmm. And then following that, it just cuts away, and then we see some time later, Batman's ignoring Batgirl and not really answering her calls or not calling her. She calls him, and he says, uh, we'll talk later. Uh, thoughts about that, Katie? I, I have a lot of them myself. I'd like to hear what you're thinking. Well, it seemed very out of character, to say the least. It seemed like a very imbalanced relationship. Oh, yeah. I mean, ultimately... What happens next is she decides to quit being bad girl. Yes. Well, actually, first she kind of pleads a little bit and yep. says, just because we had sex, it doesn't have to change things or something yep. like that. And that that seemed unusual to me. Um, there, it didn't. It just seemed. It was hard for me to understand what the premise of that was. Mm -hmm. And so, actually, I was trying to understand it better by looking at the movie creators, but it did. It honestly sounded, from what I read, and if anyone knows otherwise, send me the link, but from their interviews, that they just thought it was an interesting idea, and they didn't view her as pining for Bruce, or Batman, but she was pining for violence, which is also very not Batgirl-like, from what I understand yep. of her character. Mm -hmm. So, it made it much worse for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. That ad the addition. I would have to agree completely. So, I, I walked into... The 
into the film. Well, I this was spoiled for me ahead of time, unfortunately. But before I saw it and before I knew about this particular scene, uh, I walked into it kind of excited for this edition and to have these characters a little bit more fleshed out and understand maybe a little more of the motivation or have some background or build up to the actual killing joke event storyline. And, uh, and I was disappointed. It didn't make sense to me at all. I thought it was out of character for Batgirl and Batman. Uh, it felt a little bit like me, like they were just like tacked the sex on to, mm-hmm. to kind of make it seem like, no, this is an adult animated film. Uh, yeah, it, it just, they could have just deleted out that, if they would have, there's about three minutes in the movie that they could have just deleted out, and I think it would have made it quite a bit better. Uh, there was just some, some real, just some, I just didn't get some of the decisions that were made uh, regarding some of the, the things they included. Yeah, it was just, it was a little different. I, I agree, and so part of one of the interviews that I read, I thought I'd just speak from one of the creator's words. Um, the interviewer asked, you know, the two characters, Batman and Batgirl, have a pretty strong father-daughterish relationship bond at one point, not a romantic one. And the response is, um, we were aware it's a little risky. There's definitely some part that's controversial. Um, Batman's parental sk- I'm paraphrasing, but I mean his parental skills aren't that great. Maybe, maybe never having any kids of his own, he doesn't realize that if you tell a kid not to do something, they're going to want to do it even more. So there's an acknowledgement mm-hmm. even within the film. So maybe I could understand if they're trying to change the relationship within the film. But within the film, the creators are saying this is a parental thing and mm-hmm. he's mismanaging it. And then she makes some mistakes, he overreacts, then she overreacts to his overreaction. So it's a human, very understandable story. To me, it's not a very understandable story. I don't understand it at all. No. And I'm and I'm trying real hard to understand <laughs> it. I mean, I went into this wanting to like the addition. Like I, yeah. you know, I was motivated to like that, mm-hmm. but then I, I just couldn't. No, unfortunately. I, I unfortunately I'm on the same I'm on the same page as you. I thought that was a a a, a weird weird a weird addition that I don't. I'm not sure I would actually watch it again, and that's pretty mm-hmm. weird for me to say that about about a Batman story. Mm-hmm. So, um, another thing that I, we talked a little bit about was kind of um, you know just maybe in closing here, the depiction of mental health or just kind of how mental health was talked about in the movie, and kind of this idea the Joker has is that you know if anyone has one bad day they'll become insane, and and kind of the opposite of becoming insane or or struggling from this mental health is is to have good morals. I thought that was an interesting thing and, and kind of almost, you know, in a way adds to the stigma that maybe mentally ill people are weak or they have poor moral value, which is an old idea and an incredibly incorrect idea. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I don't know if the film necessarily directly perpetuates this, but in a way I think it kind of does at the same time. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of a weird addition, too, that I, I wasn't excited about. Um, but it is an original part of the story, so I guess we can't really put that one on the filmmakers maybe as much as it, it is kind of part of the story. But I don't I, know. It did feel dangerous to me that, like you said, that someone of weak character, perhaps like the Joker is presented, has one bad day and he just turns to insanity, whereas good people like Batman mm-hmm. and Commissioner Gordon, and that's, that's not the nature of mental illness. So anything that perpetuates that concerns me. The other thing were some of the idea that if you let loose of reality, like the Joker, life's a lot easier and more fun. And that's absolutely the opposite of yeah. the stress that accompanies mental disorders, typically. Um, so, yeah, I, I have problems with that. And I think that maybe it 
is particularly have a strong reaction to it because I hear people use terms like sane and insane to describe political candidates mm-hmm. and, and issues and as an insult. And so I feel like I'd be afraid to take any steps backward in that area Absolutely. of the understanding of mental disorders. Absolutely. Well, I think that's probably a great place to stop for today. Uh, thanks for listening in, folks. If you have any thoughts about The Killing Joke, the graphic novel, or the film, if you were lucky enough to see it, uh, send them our way. Otherwise, other than that, if you've got any other you know questions about comics, psychology, anything else, send a note. We'd be happy to talk about it. Or if you've got any characters you'd like to see us write about on the Jedi Council blog, send that over to uh, give us an excuse to watch some TV or movies or read some books or, or whatever. Get to know some new characters that our listeners enjoy. Other than that, check out our Facebook page, Twitter, blog, YouTube. Check it all out. Follow, like, subscribe, share, uh, upvote, I, I, everything. Everything that Post you can it, do. Snap it, Post it, it, snap it, it. Yeah, there it is. Get all of it. So, And thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.